Welcome everybody back to the All Star MMA Live Show. We are here on a on a new day, on a new time. The reason why is because yesterday, um, the Super Bowl happened. You cannot compete with the Super Bowl, so uh, we had to shift it. But we're here, and we are here to recap the the wild wild weekend at UFC 284 and the aftermath. There's a there's a lot to discuss about the aftermath and what has happened since the show has concluded j spec what do you think about the card it's probably one of the best cards we've seen in a while right a bet you know the pay-per-view the whole thing top to bottom what do you think as far as the main card was concerned yeah it was action-packed uh it 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 over delivered i think you know i think this this card got some criticism for uh you know star power or names uh, attached to it coming into it but all, all participants definitely showed up for sure for sure and uh before we got before we get into the the main event and talk about what transpired and and look at the scorecards and all of that good stuff make sure you guys uh hit that subscribe hit that like you know leave a comment if you have an opinion or if you just have anything to say about what we have to say about the fights it's always it's always good to hear what the people have to say and uh and put your picks in there did did all did you get all your picks correct you know, what I mean, I, I had a up and down. Yeah. Fan. What about you, uh, f- dude? Right down the middle, six wins, six losses, one draw. So, I gotta look at mine, man. I don't even know what I got. Okay, so I took, I took Volk, I took Yair, Della, Tafa. Um, I took uh Pedro. So the the wins I have would be Yair, Jack Della. Justin Taffa, Kulabal, Rodriguez, Malarkey, Jenkins, uh, Lukbumi. So I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight correct. And one was a draw, right? So, um, man, my, my year's looking pretty good, man. My record's pretty damn decent. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to have to start actually betting money on these fights. Each one, I put like $10 or something. I don't know. $5 on each fight and see what happens. But until then, uh, let's go to the to the app and uh and and play with each other over there no homo okay um, <laughs> we're uh, already so, doing it we're already yeah, doing it <laughs> yeah we're already doing it so get on there get on the app get get your picks in play against us you know what i mean we want to see the community build up and and uh and uh yeah and compete you know what i mean you guys could win prizes and contests in the app so uh do your thing now let's uh let's jump into this main event you guys got a uh, Man, it was a it was a super fight. It was legit a super fight, and and there's a lot of opinions about the result, about the judges' scorecards, and I just wanted to go through each round and discuss each round, and I just wanted to kind of give you a review of like what happened and what were the big moments of each round, and let you decide, and and even look at the numbers, look at the look look at the statistics, and and we're gonna have J Spec decide after each round of me discussing it and me giving you the numbers to see who actually won that round or who he thinks won that round. So let's jump into round one. Okay. So in round one, it was a very, very close fight on the feet. You know what I mean? Like, well, until it went to the ground. So if you look at the key moments of round one, the first key moment was Makachev getting nailed with a straight left. By Volkanovsky. That happened around the three minute 17 mark. 
and uh, and and he kind of like made him go back a little bit, right? So that was a key moment that judges are probably looking at as like a very very significant strike. Then the next key moment was at the two minute ten second mark where Volkanovski got clipped by a left hook, and and it kind of made Volkanovski stumble. I don't know if either guy was rocked or not, but. In the judge's eyes, in somebody that's watching the fight, it looked like it was a significant moment. But then at the one-minute mark, Makachev takes down Volkanovski, takes his back. And, and, it, and it looked like he tried for a choke, but it's hard to choke a guy with no neck, right? So it become kind of like a crank, which they didn't consider a, a submission attempt. Now, when you look at the numbers, right, of that of that fight and... Uh, and of actually of that round, sorry, of that round. Let's look at it. Let's let me put this on the board. Let's let's add this over. Okay, so let's look at it. Round one. Okay, after I after I just told you what happened in round one, if you look at the statistics, you got uh, Makachev landing ten strikes, and then you got Volkanovski landing eleven strikes. Right, so it's very very close the strikes. So if you look at it like that, J Spec. Who would you give the first round to? Man, that's 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 a tough one. You know, when you look at the numbers like that, you kind of gotta. Uh, you're tempted to go Volkanovski. Um, at least I am, but I remember watching it and thinking to myself live, like, "Wow, like Makhachev is doing a, a lot better standing up here than I, I thought." So. I feel like when you look at this data, it almost makes you, at least personally, I'm speaking for myself, it makes me conflict myself, uh, contradict myself. And, and yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so if you look at the, the key moments, right, of the of the round, and, 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 and then when Makachev took him down and controlled him on the ground, right, took his back, that's a big moment in the, in the round. You got to give the round, I think, to Makachev, 10-9. You know what I mean? They're close with the amount of strikes that they landed, right? And uh, and nobody was, like, completely, like, rocked or dropped or anything in that first round. So you got to give it to Makachev. It's clear as day. Um, what do you guys think in the chat? Let me know what you guys thought about the first round. Did you give it to Makachev? Did you give it to Volkanovski? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards Makachev, you know what I mean? I'm not going to say definitively, but I'm leaning towards Makachev round one. Now, you go to round two, okay? You go to round two. And it was another close round on the feet. Makachev, you know, he gets hit and uh, loses his balance. It looked like in the if you look if you're watching it in real time, it looks like he kind of gets dropped, so to say. But it looks like he gets hit. He loses his balance and and he falls against the cage. That happened at the three minute fifty five second mark of the second round. And then Makachev instantly he gets uh he gets the takedown. He goes for a takedown. Gets the takedown. Volk is up instantly. So that kind of was neutralized right there. He didn't like take his back or, or control him on the ground for an extended period of time. Um, there was a lot of clinching in that round as well. And, and Volk was reversing the position at moments. And then uh, Makachev clips Volkanovsky while he was off balance as well. So when you look at these moments in the fight, a lot of the strikes that land that looked like they were significant, to me, it looked like the fighters were just off balance and they weren't really like like rocked you know what i mean like they were they were stanky legged or anything like that and that that moment actually happened at the one minute 35 
of second point. So when you look at those key moments and you look at the statistics, 19 and 9. Both of the fighters landed 19 strikes in that round. So who do you give that round to, J-Spec? When you think of those moments in the fight and then they both landed the same amount of punches or strikes, who do you give that second round to? This is, I mean, when, it, when I think the word debatable might be overused because this is debatable. I mean, what what can I say is uh, other than live, I, I'm I, and I keep sorry, I have to keep going back to what, how I felt initially because looking at this, it, it makes you feel, I don't know, it, it it just tells like a slightly different story when you read the data just like you do. Uh, and not taking anything away from it. I think it's great, compelling, actually. Um, you know, Volkanovski, um, I believe, was was how I felt uh, at that time for this round. And looking at it, it's just, yeah, dude, I, I gotta go. I gotta go again one more time, Volkanovski. Okay, so with with this round, this is the round that I think a lot of people thought was the the so-called swing round, where it's either way, right? It's not like one guy was dominating compared to the other guy. It was just like they were pretty even in this round. And you could almost, I don't, I, you could almost give this round a, a, a draw, right? Like it was like completely even. Like they, these guys did the same amount of damage. They, they were in the same amount of control time. It's just, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to say who won the second round and who, who didn't win the second round, right? I think it's very balanced. And, and when you look at the key moments of that round, man, it's just, there's a lot of clinching, man. And uh, and and like I said, if you look at the statistics, 19 and 19, it's very, very even. It's completely even on strikes. So in real time, it's hard to say what the judges are looking or looking at and what they saw. But that round, round number two, it's it's so debatable, completely debatable. So Let me know debatable. in the chat what you guys think about round number two of Volkanovsky versus uh, Makachev. What do you think? Um, now let's move on to round number three. Another close round. This one, you know, all one, two, three, close rounds, very close rounds. Uh, Makachev, he gets the takedown. So the first, like first two minutes or so, three minutes or so, um, not really much happening, right? A lot of ex little exchanges on the feet. So Makachev gets the takedown at 225. Volk gets right up right away and he reverses the position. I don't know how much you can count that as points, so to say, or like an advantage, but that's what happened at the 225 minute mark. And then Volk blitzes with a combo and Islam falls. I don't know if the referee would count or not the referee, the judges would count that as a takedown. But at the 31 second point before the round ends, Volk blitzes with a combo, Islam falls to the ground. And then Volk drags Islam to the floor for a moment. At 13 seconds left, and then the round ends. Now, when you see that happen, and and you look at the the round and and the strikes landed, you got Islam landing 16 out of 22, and Volk landing 14 out of 37 in that third round. Who would you give that round to, J-Spec? Well, it took me a little second to find the data from last night's um last night you know we're doing the all-star watch along party on twitter and my, one of the co-hosts disagreed i just wanted to bring this up on the previous round so you know we try to judge it and the co-host actually one one then he he wasn't feeling uh volkanovsky get he, he thought makashev won round two 
But the other co-host, Sicko, he thinks that, uh, you know, that, that Volk got that round. So I, I just wanted to bring up for the previous round when we talked about it being real close. This round, we were all in agreement. Uh, we all agreed that this round should go to Volkanovski. Round and, number uh, three. Yeah, round number three. And round number three, now looking at the data, I feel like it's even more convincing. So, yeah. Yeah, the, the key moments definitely went to Volkanovski. It just, Volk, uh, Makachev seemed like to land a little bit more on the feet. But the key moments of that round was Volkanovski in round three. So, you got three rounds in the books. First round, Makachev is pretty clear. Third round, a lot of people believe Volkanovski pretty clear. Second round is is the one up for debate. Big debate right there because when you yeah. look at the key moments, if you look at the strikes landed, it's so fucking even. It's it's completely it's, even, right? Now it's, it's 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 almost like unnervingly even when you look at it. It's it's crazy. Yeah, now when you move on to the championship rounds, right? A lot of people felt like Volkanovski wasn't even going to make it to these championship rounds, right? People thought he he was going to get a He's going to get finished before then. And also even uh, Makachev predicted that he would knock out Volkanovski before the championship rounds. And I feel like that kind of maybe had something to do with Makachev playing on the feet much longer throughout the fight than he than we we anticipated is because he wanted to get the knockout, right? But he could have got the knockout on the floor. You know what I mean? It's not like he couldn't. I don't understand like why he didn't wrestle more. So round four, Islam. With a lot of control time in this round, right? A lot. Mm, you know, yeah. Volk Volk landing more combos in the first two minutes. In the first two minutes, Volk was landing a little bit more combinations on the feet. But then Islam at the three minute fifteen second point gets a takedown, takes the back, and locks in the body triangle. And this is an interesting thing as well, though, right? He has a lot of control time, but when once he got to the ground and locked in the body triangle, they were kind of like Volk was pretty smart to like push him. I don't know if it was smart to push him against the fence, but he kind of had uh, Islam his back to the fence and then with his back taken and he was able to, he wasn't really able to move anywhere, right? He wasn't able to shift his body. And it was kind of like really, uh, I don't know if it was luck, but it was very, very like convenient for Volk to be in that position. And then he was like landing strikes continuously, right? From that position. And he was even talking shit to uh, Volkanovski, you know, or, or he, Volkanovski was talking shit to Islam during that and just punching him, right? He was just like landing yeah. strikes. And I, I I don't know if that was significant, but he was landing strikes and talking to uh, Islam. Islam really couldn't do anything to him, right? Um, now, when you look at those key moments in that fourth round and then you look at the strikes landed, it's crazy. In the fourth round, it's only four strikes for Islam and six strikes landed for Volkanovsky, which is very, very odd, right? But if you look at it like that, who would you give this fourth round to, Jason? I remember, you know, the the feeling in that round of of kind of like, wow, this is this is actually happening. There was like there was a couple of times where where Makashev hit Volk, and you're like, wow, this is actually happening. Like, I know we all, not we all. I was one. I was one of uh, representing a, a batch of people saying that Makashev's skill, striking skills, wasn't going to be able to do anything. And then he really did. Uh, di- now he switching comma to Volkanovski. Volkanovski did a good job of o- overall doing 
as good as anyone could expect counter grappling Makashev. Uh, and then he got, you know, like in that body lock position. You know what? You try have Makashev on your back for like three minutes. Pl- how long was it? Over how long was he on the back? Like three like, over three a minutes. A little huh? under two minutes. Two minutes. Oh, it's not so, sorry. Three minutes. Three minutes. You're right. Three minutes. Yeah. Dude, I mean, let Makashev be on your back with a body triangle for three minutes, anybody on the planet, and just survive it and kind of survive it easily. I got to give him, he made it look easy. I know it was not easy. I know it was not, but he kind of made it look comical. And it was kind of cool to see this, what could be distressful situation for most championship matches. We're in the fourth round and Volkanovsky making it look like, <laughs> like no, no chance in hell, bud. So, but in, in real time, we had to, we all came to agreement, everybody in the space and myself, and even looking at this data that, you know, Makashev won this round. You know, he, he just had, it wasn't in the damage department. It was in that control, you know, just having the backpack for, like we said, three minutes, you know, that's, uh, that's almost enough in itself. You guys got to remember the, the statistics on, on the screen right now, these are significant strikes. These are just not total strikes. I'm going to give you guys the total strikes number after I, we talk about the fifth round when, you know, after we talk about the fifth round. So, so these are significant strikes you guys got to remember. So all those strikes that, that Volkanovsky landed from the, from being, from having his back taken for three minutes, that probably would not count in, 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 in significant strikes. Most likely it's like, what is a significant strike as well? It's like, we have no, I was just about to ask that. What is the, like, yeah. What is the specific, specific criteria for that? What, you know, how can you tell? Do you, do they ask the fighters afterwards? Hey, did that one hurt or not? Like, how do you know? You know, because we've all you been don't. stuck. You don't. Yeah, that's we, why, yeah, that's why it's, it's stupid. It's weird. It's um, weird. Now, uh, with with the fourth round, it's it's in a way it could be debatable, right? But but Makachev he controlled that round for three minutes, right? So it's uh. It's hard to say that Volkanovski won that fourth round or even close to it, right? So, uh, yeah. So, if you look at it, fourth round, a lot of people give it to Makachev because he controlled him. But he didn't really do much damage, right? And and there's, like, control damage. What is it? Nobody knows. Uh, round five was the most – it was the best round of the whole fight. It was just, just – it was just fun to watch that fifth round. I think we should just watch that fifth round. You know what I mean? And, and this this – like you know, what's funny is like we should watch that fifth round and just decide who won that fight with the fifth round, and that's what a lot of people thought, right? A lot of people thought yeah. I thought the fight was tied up going into the fifth round. It's like whoever wins this last round should win the fight. This is what I thought, right? But I guess I was wrong because the judges scored it for for Mahachev. So if you look at the fifth round, early in the round, around four minutes and fourteen seconds, Mahachev, man, he he beautiful, beautiful step in knee with the left hand. Right, that was very, very significant in that round. And then in the clinch, Volk was landing punches. This was like at the three minute 47 uh, mark. Volk was landing punches. Islam would landed a couple of knees. That's another solid exchange, another key moment of that round. Uh, and then at 313, Islam gets a takedown, Volk gets up right away. Uh, two, 235, there was a grappling exchange. Islam was chasing the single leg, Volk escapes that that uh that takedown attempt and then volk clinches at one minute 32 seconds and gets kind of like a quick wizard style like 
takedown, but not really. It's not really like a takedown because there was no takedowns by Volkanovski, but they, they had a pretty pretty solid grappling exchange at that moment. Then the big, the big moment, right? The key moment of that round was at one minute, nine seconds. That's when Volk drops Islam with a straight right hand and then just ensues with, just implements just solid, heavy ground and pound for the rest of that round. I think Volkanovski maybe has some of the, the best uh, ground and pound we've ever seen in that featherweight division. Maybe he does have the best ground and pound. I don't know why he just he doesn't do that more often because we've seen it in the past. We've seen it against Ortega, right? Just him just pounding away. And he did it to Islam at lightweight. So in the fifth round, you look at that, those key moments and, and what he did. And then you look at significant strikes. Volk landed 20 to uh, Islam's eight. So the final round is, is kind of clear, right? That Volkanovski won that last round in most people's yeah. eyes. Yeah, that was that was one we all all live, everybody in the in the group, we were all pretty much agreed on that one. Yeah. It was a great fight. I mean great fight. It was all the stuff you said. All the stuff you said. A great round to a great fight, great capper, good back and forth, but had that, like you said, that that almost perfectly timed period where Volk just had his moment, had his way with Makashev landing that that ground and pound that like honestly arguable that's something to argue about on Twitter, you know, pound for pound, ground and pound. Shit. I think it might be Volkanovsky, dude. All right. So now if you look at at the rounds, right, round by round, uh, before we give like kind of like our final analysis of, of the fight, um, let me give you the total numbers for this fight. You got one knockdown for Volkanovsky to none by uh, Makachev. Total strikes landed, 164 for Volkanovski, 95 for Makachev. Uh, significant strikes, 70 to, to uh, Islam's 57. Head strikes, 37 to Islam's 36, so pretty much dead even. Head strikes, body shots, 21 to 18, pretty, pretty damn close as well. And then leg kicks, much more landed by, by Volkanovski, 12 to 3. And, and control time, of course, goes to Mahachev, 7 minutes and 37 seconds to uh, Volkanovsky's 2 minutes and 55 seconds. And you got to throw in the takedowns, four takedowns by Mahachev. Now, if you go around, if you go with like, let's say pride rules or like, let's say one championship judging, if you go by that, we're just saying if you go by that, Volkanovsky wins that fight. Like that's very clear. If you know how they judge fights in pride, if you know how they judge fights in uh, one championship, Volkanovski would have won that fight easily. Um, but it's not one championship. It's not pride. It's UFC. It is unified rules. I believe unified rules. Yeah, unified rules. Yeah. And um, round one, Mahachev. Round two, toss-up. Round three, Volkanovski. Round four, Mahachev. Round five, Volkanovski. So round two basically is, is, is it's like who do you give who do you give round two to? And that's who wins the fight. You know what I mean? And then some people might argue that round four could have went to Volkanovski. If you don't think, if because some people think like, oh, if you take the back, if you don't do nothing with it, it doesn't really count as much. You know what I mean? This is just people's thoughts, right? But in the judge's eyes, that, that counts a lot for a lot, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. So let's, but uh, so what do you think? Do you think Volkanovski won this fight, or do you do you look at uh, Islam as the winner? 
you know, it's it's tough now looking back. I feel like that second round is so such a swinger in real life. In real time, I chose uh, I score that round for Mahashev. But now, in retrospect, I can actually agree a little bit more with you and uh, Sicko, who advocated that round two should go to Fokonovsky. So, man, I'm a little conflicted when I look back. I'm usually not. I'm pretty much like always, hey, what I saw live, I have no problem with. That's what I saw. That's what I'm going with. You know, that's what the judges got to deal with. They don't get this data. They don't get this retrospective feeling. And I don't know, man, that second round is really, really debatable. So I get where sore fans can be sore about it. But two out of three of us, me and Den, live, went, gave that round to, uh, you know, to, to Makashev. So, yeah, I guess I got to stick with, uh, you know what, just for the sake of consistency and not being flaky, I got to stick with my original vote. And even though that, that evidence of second round is pretty compelling and I don't fault anybody who scored that second round for, you know, Volk. Well, if you look at the judges, right, all three judges gave round two to to Mahachev. All three judges. And then the third round was the one that was somewhat debatable, which is weird because we think the second round was debatable. Is that what? Yeah, yeah, the second round, right? So if you got Ben Cartledge, he gives the, the third round to Volkanovsky. And then uh, the third round to Volkanovsky and the third round to Volkanovsky is uh, uh, David Lethaby. And then uh, Derek, Derek clearly gives uh, gives the third round to uh, to uh, Mahachev. So the second round, these judges thought that Mahachev won that round. Huh. That's pretty wild, right? Like, yeah, yeah. What do you guys Never... What do you guys think? Leave Leave your Leave your uh, thoughts in the comments, guys. Uh, what do you guys think about what happened in that second round? Do you think the third round was very clear for – for uh, was was the third round the one that was the swing round? Was that round the round that uh, that was more competitive compared to the second round? You know, from me watching the fight again last night, I just thought that the second round was just more, the most competitive round out of all the rounds to me. This is just my thoughts on that round. But – uh. But it doesn't matter, man. Mahachev won that fight. The judges scored it for Mahachev. We're not going to change the result. So what we need to do is figure out what's next. What do we do? What's coming up? Like, who should Mahachev fight next? Leave A. You guys, give your opinions, like, in the chat. Who do you, who do you think Mahachev should fight next? Should he get? Should they do the rematch with Volkanovsky? Should, should, should it be Darius? Should it be the winner of Darius and Oliveira? Do you want Oliveira to fight Mahachev again? Since Mahachev pretty much dominated Oliveira, right? That was a pretty dominant performance. Like, I don't like the idea of when a champion or like when a guy fights somebody after they dominated him, like so clearly. You know what I mean? It was like he ran over him, he steamrolled him. Like, Mahachev steamrolled Oliveira. Like, he went in there and submitted him. He, he, he beat him at his, at his craft right yeah. jiu-jitsu yeah. right like he choked him out like i don't understand like how one win could put you back into that fight if volkanovsky had won and 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 they're looking at Oliveira, their use winner versus Volkanovsky, yeah i could see that but i don't know man it's it's a trip um mma jesus he says i rather i rather dare use but makes more sense 
to do the winner of Darius Oliveira. You know, a lot of people believe that. A lot of people believe that the winner of Darius Oliveira should get Mahachev, but I think Darius should get the title shot if he wins. If Oliveira wins, then you got to look at maybe Justin Gaethje and Rafael, uh, Rafael um, uh, Fiziev. Um, if Fiziev wins, maybe you give the shot to Fiziev. Then you got, you know, Chandler versus uh, Connor coming up as well. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure the UFC is looking at that. I don't think the UFC is going to commit to anything right now. I think um, I think Mahachev is going to go back home. He's going to chill out, and the UFC is going to decide in the next couple of months. I don't think they're going to be like pushing Mahachev into a matchup real fast. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe they're talking to Volkanovski and seeing if Volkanovski could, could go again at lightweight. You know what I mean? If he wants to rematch, who knows? You know what I mean? But uh, what do you think, Jay Spec? Who do you think is the rightful heir to the to the next title shot? Well, I want to. I will definitely answer that. But I just, I just want to say that Islam deserves a little bit of rest. You know, he just completed a big challenge. He, his title was on the line against a very capable fighter, and and no, there was no penalty for for Volkanovski to lose here. So I think that Mashev should, you know, chill, not announce any fights too soon. But the rightful person, I believe, is is the. You know, probably the winner of Oliveira Dariush. Uh, but I don't want it to be Oliveira. Is but it, that makes me, you know, hurt to say that because I agree with you on the on the on the simple fact that 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 the championship bout between Makashev and and Oliveira was one sided, and it doesn't really need to have a rematch right away. I, I kind of want Dariush, you know. Uh, and that that's just my pick, you know. I, I think Darius and Oliver, I mean, excuse me, Mahashev is the proper succession of the lightweight title. Um, on the other hand, um I, I'm also open to what you said with Fiziev. I really think that the champ, you know, should really get like whatever he wants next. And it'll be interesting if he if he who he picks or if it doesn't even work out that way. I don't know. Like, does he get favor from the UFC now because he took that super fight? Does it work out that he kind of gets a little bit of, all right, you get to say so what's next? I don't know. I don't really know how that works. I would suppose that you, you know, you get let your champion defend, uh, choose who they're defending against. Um, but anyways, I don't know. Um, hype, hype MMA. He's saying if Darius and Oliver is in, yeah, man, if they're fighting in May, I, I say like kill that matchup because it's not even official. It's not even official, right? The fight's not even official. I don't even see it in, on any card coming up. If they're, if they're waiting for that long, they, they need to just throw Darius the title shot right away and then have uh, – because right now we're in February. We're in early February, mid-February, right? So if you if that fight they're trying to schedule for May, why not just push it to – even in May or even in June, right? It just give Darius the title shot. Just give it to him. You know what I mean? Like he's earned it. He's fought everybody that he needs to fight, and and they were already they were already matched up in the past, right? I don't remember what, exactly what happened to that fight, but there, I think Islam maybe Islam pulled out. I'm not for sure, or maybe Darius pulled out. I don't know, but that fight was going to happen uh, a few years ago, or maybe even last year. Um, anyways, I think Darius should get the next title shot. Uh, Volkanovski, he'll most likely be back down at featherweight. And, and defending the title against uh, Yair Rodriguez. We'll get to Yair Rodriguez in a bit. Uh, before we get to Yair, let's talk about this uh, 
this uh, tweet by Dan Hooker, right? Dan Hooker's tweets. Let's talk about that. Let's get into that. What do you guys think about Dan Hooker's tweets? The the accusations that Dan has thrown out about IVs being used in Australia and uh, J-Spec, could, could you uh, read the tweets? Do you have the tweets up? Could you pop uh, those up real quick and uh, and see see if we can put those up? Let me see. Let me actually let me let me go to Twitter and uh, and get these tweets. But let me just get your reaction. I got the tweets. Go. What do, right. you, what do you think about these allegations? Well, I I can't speak on that events that I wasn't there for, but I can tell you this. I can't tell you this for sure. And I'm not going to put anybody's names out there because I don't want anybody to get in trouble. But uh, I definitely know for sure, for a motherfucking fact, fighters use IVs to rehydrate. Uh, and I know that's not, you're not supposed to, right? Is it illegal? I don't even know if it's illegal. But if it is illegal, I'm not telling who did it. But the point is, uh, yeah, I, I know for a fact, stateside, I, I, was, I was literally there for a regional fight in an organization that has three letters uh, <laughs> that, yeah they do that they they do that that's uh and and um you know uh shit it's it's part of the game i i think i think it's part of the game that everybody already knows and has been widely accepted i think accepted to a point because if dan's having a problem with it which he should because you know he's made weight Go, you know, in, in horrible circumstances without cheating. So, with that, with that being said, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's real. It's hundred percent real, bro. Well, here are the tweets, right? So yesterday, it started with uh, right here, sixteen hours ago, right? Dan says, "Dumb cunt thinks he can fly to Australia, hire a nurse to give him an IV, and we won't find out." Cheating dog, right? So at that point, at that tweet when it came out. We didn't know who he was talking about, right? We had no idea. We could speculate, but we had no idea. Then he puts up another post about USADA doing fuck all. So he's just telling us that USADA ain't doing shit about, you know, people cheating in, in the UFC. Then he says, prove me wrong. Bet you can't. Uh, he doesn't cheat. He doesn't win. And then he reveals who he's talking about. Islam is a cheat. So he's saying that Islam is the one that hired a nurse in Australia to, to get the IVs after the weigh-ins basically and if you look back let me go back to over here and we'll go back to the rules so you guys understand like what exactly is happening with with uh with the rules right so if you look here iv infusions are prohibited in the ufc um it says right here all ufc athletes are subject to ufc prohibited list which incorporates the world anti-doping agency wada prohibition list under the rules ivs are prohibited at all times including those used for rehydration uh below as important as the IV rule I, why ivs are prohibited right here they say it right here okay at, at the bottom right here it says both in and out of competition except for those legitimately received in and out of competition in the course of hospital treatments surgical procedures, clinical diagnostics, investigations, and or those received that are determined to be medically justified and within the standard of care by a licensed physician and administered by a licensed medical professional without an approval TUE. Now, that gives you a clear understanding of like why IVs are illegal, right? And sometimes people, and sometimes people say IVs are used to, you know, 
clean the system, you know, all kinds of stuff. Rehydrate. They wanted to get rid of all of that stuff. This was years ago, right? We, we talked about this. So uh, Dan is pretty much saying, let me get to, before we get to Dan, it says, IVs, hydration, if I recall, is a USADA banned item. So recently, three-letter promotions would be okay. Wow. Well, isn't USADA... Oh, shit. What does he say? He he's, says, he's saying like he's saying USADA doesn't govern some of those small regional dudes, so it's it's part of their governance. It's not it might not be legal for everybody. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure IVs are being used in other promotions, but in use in the UFC, right? It's gov it's 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 watchdog is what USADA. So like USADA is not allowing in the UFC, you cannot use IVs unless there is an exemption. There is some loophole that. That there, there's always a loophole in USADA. We saw it with Conor McGregor, right? We saw it with other people that are using that loophole, retiring and getting on some some extra vitamins and then, you know, re-entering the testing pool, right? Which, you know, we found out that's possible now. Uh, anyways, uh, I think fight Fury fights, Fury fights on on uh, on Instagram or now on Instagram on on Twitter. He also he also. Um, Mentioned that he he's he's from Vegas as well. You know Fury fights, right? Fury no, I actually I actually don't. I don't. All right, let me go find Fury fights. Let me go find his tweet and uh, and yeah. So so when you think of that, like, give us some more details about what's going on. Okay, give us some more details of like what you heard, J Spec, about the IVs being used. Oh, so well. The thing with that is like it's like I said it was it's like an understood what what I want to use the word sometimes in competition and you, everybody who's competed there's you, you everybody ha understands it's like this small thin gray line area of stuff that is just kind of understood that people kind of fudge around and and is it's commonly tampered with but it's kind of just goes like I said part of the game so um i know it's often more a prop i mean it could be a problem for any weight class but i i know it's a problem for the lighter weight classes for sure like any anybody in the in the 25 range is uh <laughs> uh the burden of proof is is tough yeah um you know so with that being said the lower weight classes tend to suffer from what i personally seen from from doing this more often I don't know, man. It's like I said, it's kind of a weird understood gray area of cheating where many, 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 many people do it. And I don't even want to limit it to the lower weight classes. I'm just saying what I've seen with my own eyes. So yeah. Um, also like, let's think about this. Like, is it, is that healthy? Right? Like to a degree, aren't we responsible for the, like the benefit and the image of our own sport? And if we like, continue to allow this type of cheating to happen which is probably like i said really not good for your body uh to push your body to those points like i mean it, any backlash that happens any organ failure or god bless everybody and hope none of this happens but any any bad thing that could happen from this you know that's all going to come back to our our beloved sport so i, I don't know there's definitely i i don't um i know it's a problem and, and, you know, just like every other problem we've had that's uh, glaring and obvious in, in our sport, it, it eventually gets chopped and maybe let IV hi uh, cheating hydration be the next one, you know? Yeah, shorts, 
Uh, enjoy says uh, burden of proof is on the accuser, bro. Love the channel. Also rooting for Volk too. Um, yeah, man. Uh, appreciate you and Omar. Omar has something important to say. Omar, yeah, you're back. Thank you for coming back, Omar. I mean, UFC for years allowed it. I'm not defending it, but the whole reason it was banned because it was possibly cover up drug use. You're exactly right, Omar. That was why it was banned. And uh, and also it was banned because of the weight cutting issue as well, man. If you have IVs, you're going to be able to cut more weight, right? And and push your body, like you said, J-Spec. Um, you've seen UFC fighters use IVs. I've never seen UFC fighters use any IVs, but as a person that covers the sport and has been around the sport and has been, you know, I guess on the inside somewhat, I've heard stories about fighters using IVs the whole time, even with USADA. You know what I mean? They found a way to use IVs. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's, there's always a way to cheat the system, <laughs> right? And some guys have found a way to cheat the system. And the, the bad part about that is, is there's guys that are following the system, doing it the right way, being clean because they want a clean sport. And then you got other guys that are not being clean and, and saying that they want a clean sport. You know what I mean? Like that's the problem. That's where this conflicts. Right. And, and I think that's what Dan is, uh, is angry about because he wants people to be clean and follow the rules and, and fight fair and not, not try to take advantage and, and, and twist the rules and find loopholes and shit like that. Um, let's look at what it says, guys, are we just talking about IVs or are we talking about the validity of the accusation? Do you think there's any validity? We're talking about IVs right now, right? The validity of the accusation, I just told you, and 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 there's a lot of people that know that are insiders that fighters are using IVs. Are we are we saying that Islam uses? I don't know. Like I didn't see him. I don't know. I'm not in. I'm not in Perth, right? So right. I have no idea. Right. But there has been. I've I've heard things, right? Um, it, and as and the I, level. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say as the consequences. You know, someone might not do something at a certain point in their career, but as the level increases, as that the the stakes get higher, as you say, the, the temptation and stuff happens. Someone who probably didn't do it before will do it later. Like I said, uh, so like, you know, the IV thing is real. People are using it on the reg, unfortunately. Yeah. Zanab Usman, he says Dan Hooker with his fake news. It could be. We don't know for sure. You know what I mean? We don't know for sure. But that is yeah, a I major... That's a major, major accusation to have, man. He must, you know, from knowing Dan, he must have some kind of proof, right? He's not just going to throw stuff out there like that. He's not just going to accuse people. Because the thing is, you can accuse people of all kinds of stuff, right? Every day. You know what I mean? You could go online and accuse people of all kinds of things, right? Especially, you know what I mean? Like in in, in, some, in certain positions that people are in. But uh, I've never really seen... Um, I never really seen Dan accuse people of anything like this before. Well, to be what if what if it's because this is a topic that hits close to home with him, right? We're gonna have to ask him because isn't that fight that he had with uh, Hak Prasad, right? Is that fight didn't wasn't that fight? Both of them had like last minute. You gotta f fly across the planet, make weight under duress. You know, wasn't that like he he had a tough one? I I I'm pretty sure I'm remembering this correctly. I don't have the greatest memory. I'm a regular dude. Yeah. But um, but Dan had to like, I mean, suck it up to make weight, and like I said, on super short notice while traveling, all kinds of stuff, right? Like, so I'm sure when a person does it, 
uh, honestly from the heart and, and, you know, does it the hard way. Yeah. When someone, you, you see somebody else doing it, the easy route, it pisses you off. I think anybody at work, working anywhere, doing anything can, can feel that, you know? So this, I don't know if it, like I said, back to the original part. I don't know if this is true. I, I started my original uh, answer with, I wasn't there, so I can't speak on it, but you know, I believe I have a, uh, why wouldn't I believe Dan at least a little bit enough to question this some more? That's yeah, just 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 me from knowing him, you know what I mean? Like I don't think he would just throw accusations out there without any kind of proof. But I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm not saying he's guilty because I don't know. I've never seen the proof. I have no idea. I'm just saying that this is something that has happened and people have seen this happen. You know what I mean? I've heard things. Look, uh let me let me put this up there. Uh Fury's fight picks, right? This guy, he's been around the game for a long time. He lives in Las Vegas. And in his tweet, he says, fighters do this in Vegas all the time for your information. Not saying that it's right, but it's not uncommon. I know some nurses who give IVs to UFC fighters. To me, I believe Fury, right? I, 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 I Fury has no reason to lie as well, right? This guy, you know what I mean? And he's not saying that Islam was taking IVs. He's just saying he's seen it. He's in Vegas. He's in the inside, right? He knows what's going on. And you get to hear things. You're privileged to things. And and I've also heard things in, in the past as well that fighters are taking IVs. And it kind of sucks that they are. I was are, dead uh, ass in the hotel room. <laughs> it's, it's weird, yeah. dude. And you're like, Jose Young, I understand what Hooker is saying, but as an accuser, you need proof, not just speculation. It, you're right. You're completely right, Mr. Young. Um, it's like saying you should prove you are innocent, which doesn't really seem to make sense. Exactly. Nowadays in this world, you are you are guilty until you're proven innocent, right? A lot of times. And I feel like, you know, I don't I don't like to go with that. I like to go with what it should be. It should be you should be innocent until you're proven guilty. So give Islam the benefit of the doubt. Give him that performance. Give give both those guys that performance. You know, what I mean, it was an incredible fight, one of the best fights we've ever seen in that octagon, one of the best title fights we've ever seen just back and forth the highest level of of mma the highest of both those guys all around incredible fighters they're at the end of the day when they are done they're going to be on mount rushmore of whatever division of uh, you know just 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 hall of fame all of that stuff you got to give them their flowers man um let's see police police is mma fan right um with all due respect, the tone of the conversation assumes he is guilty. You have the right to think that, but I don't, I'm, I'm saying I just said that I feel like we should, you know, understand that he's innocent. I checked his IG stories. He was hammered out of his mind when he was tweeting those accusations. Yeah, but I, I don't know, man. I don't think you should be tweeting if you're hammered out of your mind, especially those accusations. I think that Dan is not, he's not going to say that he was hammered out of his mind. Maybe he is. I don't know. But uh, uh, let's see what he says. Uh, Makachev versus Darius. We were talking about that about 15 minutes ago. If you guys missed our breakdown of the fight, uh, Makachev versus Volkanovski, we spent like the first 30 minutes of this of the of the show talking about each round and, and scoring it. So go back and, and watch that and, and leave a comment down below and uh, what you thought about the fight and and maybe you, do you feel like there should be a rematch or do you feel, do you like there used to get an immediate title shot? What do you guys think? Um, I mean, this is becoming the largest story of the fight. He should provide some evidence. You're right. You're right. It is becoming the largest story of the fight. And um, what can you do, man? That's what the world of MMA is about. The world is MMA is about just craziness, just just wildness. Just it's just sometimes it becomes, you know, so wild that the fights are forgotten about. What do you got, J Spec? 
Oh, I was just going to say, like, you know, man, when we get, when we watch these fights live, that's our whole attention and focus is on that. And the narratives we create beforehand, such as Makashev has trouble, uh, is having trouble making weight. It's, it's a hard cut for him, all these kind of stuff. It's crazy how these rumors, and we don't, like I said, it's unconfirmed allegation at this point, so it's borderline a rumor. Well, it's all the same stuff, really. So when you have the beginning story, of a story and the ending of a story it's you know people just kind of bring them together and just kind of make it one whole truth i i just want to make it clear for myself too like we're not saying it is true we're just saying this is the circle that's being created by narratives this is this is why it's uh important to watch what you say people uh yeah, you do but, you do you yeah. do but when fighters accuse other fighters of things, we have to we have to take it seriously. You know what I mean? Unless yes. it's like a Colby Covington or something like that, then you know you know what. Yeah, we we know people who've ran their public credit card too many times. You know what I'm saying? Like certain people have a lot of credit. You don't they don't bring stuff up much. You know. But on the other hand, right? Uh, I'm sorry for the dumb question, but why are IVs banned? Are they like steroids or something? Uh, real quick, just to sum up what we said earlier, you can run it back and get the full explanation. But apparently, it's it's most uh, it's most there to stop people from hiding the using of PDs by using these IVs. I guess it's an advanced way to to mask yourself from uh, your PDs being in your system. I was on the other side of it. I only knew of it as your ability to basically uh, over dehydrate yourself to make a weight class and then get all your fluids back in your body uh, and and not feel that drop off in performance that people do when they go too far in their weight cut yeah yeah exactly exactly um it was banned because it you know it, it can be used as something to mask um uh steroids or peds and and also it's it's to kind of limit people from cutting so much weight right and rehydrating to get much much bigger when they return to the cage you know what i mean like i think only california is the one that uh that uh measures your weight on fight day um let's go get to omar omar did you see volk he kind of laughed about it when he he hinted to it it uh if it was for real sure i think volk would have been a lot more pissed yes volk would have been pissed but volk is also a guy that's he's a guy that's not just gonna like go out there and 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 and, and act crazy and talk crazy about somebody right that's that's just not in his character if you've seen any of his interviews if you've seen him you know how he carries himself he's not He's not that type. Dan, he don't give a fuck, right? Dan is a different, different animal. Um, if he if he thinks if he sees something, if he thinks something that's art, he's gonna put you out there on blast. Uh Zanab, if Dan had anything, he would have reported it to the UFC. Maybe, maybe, maybe he did report something to the UFC. I don't know. Maybe he just maybe the, maybe the UFC doesn't do shit. <laughs> Even if you do report anything to the UFC, and that's why he's putting it online. To, to get the public outrage and then maybe that will force that will force the UFC to do something that will force the uh the USADA to do something right it seems like we haven't heard much from USADA lately you know what I mean we so USADA's been very very quiet right you know what I mean a lot a lot of a lot of silence from USADA we haven't really heard from him uh too much so anyways um Tristan What's going on, Tristan? Uh, Johnny Hendricks was the king of IVs used back in the day. Hey, everybody was the king of IVs back in the mm. days. Everybody was using it. If you weren't using yeah. it, I don't understand why. Right. Why? Why were you not using it when it was legal, right? That's just the best way to rehydrate, right? You, you don't have to drink all that water. You know what I mean? It, it's not. It's Why would you not use it? 
but to get public outrage, should he should provide evidence. You're right, man. You're right. That's You're right. Good point. He should provide evidence. And maybe he does have evidence and he's waiting. Who knows? We don't know. We're going to have to see this story play out now, right? Just like how um, the James Cross situation, you know what I mean? We're going to have to see how that plays out as well. We haven't heard anything in a couple of weeks, in a couple of months now, it seems like, about James Cross. But I feel like something's coming up. Something's going to something's gonna uh, blast off soon. But, uh, yeah, now the, the biggest story in MMA is <laughs> was, uh, was uh, Islam using IVs. And, and then now it opens up the whole Pandora's box of, like, who else has been using IVs? Oh for, for my years god. Now, right? And there it's gonna come up, man. It's gonna come up. Dude, okay? it's gonna come up. Spin around a circle and just point like it, that's everybody. I don't know. All right, think, we might we know. might have we might have a we might have a an expert come on right now and uh and give us his thoughts on uh give us his thoughts on like this whole situation. Well, just wait, just wait, just wait. We're gonna, we'll see, we'll see. I got somebody cooking right now, so let's oh, see. Oh, that's he, what's up. He pops up. Uh, police, yeah, laugh out loud, James Cross. Yeah, there was a lot of evidence against him, but then a lot of that evidence was misinterpreted as well. Okay, so uh, we do have to wait, we do have to wait, but also in this Islam situation, we do have to wait as well. We have to see yes. any any evidence. Do not jump to conclusions. I know a lot of people's like emotions their emotions take over, right? Like they, they like Valk or they, they dislike Islam or they don't like Habib or they like Habib or, or they like Islam or they don't like this team or they don't like, you know, cause there's people connected to everybody, right? Some people, they don't like, it's weird. Some people, they don't like Israel Adesanya. So they don't like Volkanovski because they're connected with their teams and all that. Or they don't like New Zealand, Australia, because that is anything to do with that area. They don't like, or they don't like the Dagestanis because they, you know, there's a lot of like those emotions playing out in MMA. And I don't think you should, you know, judge somebody with your emotions, right? Just don't do that. You know what I mean? In this situation, you guys got to sit back and wait and watch what happens because it could be a huge huge hit if this is true it could be a huge hit to mma in general to the ufc in general okay so you guys got to keep keep uh your mind open to the situation don't jump off don't jump I, jump off the plank you know with I, anybody i'll jump in and say i don't want it to be true i do not want it to be true just for that reason literally for that reason alone besides you know individual circumstances uh you know consequences but no what it means to the whole sport what it means to all of us fans like I, I, let's be honest let's can we be honest 100 percent. the sport has taken some shots in the credibility area uh recently and not getting good press on a lot of fronts i i love this sport you love this sport we all love this sport we don't want any more crap to jump onto its name um, we already have this betting scandal that unfortunately will stick with us. We don't need another human health and safety, you know, scandal. We don't need one. We really don't. Yeah, we don't, man. And uh, yeah, man, the, uh, you're right. There has been a lot of negativity. Uh oh, here we go. We got the man. He's gonna give us some some expert opinions. Let's uh, let's get him on. Cody, what's going on, man? What up? <laughs> how you doing man how's life treating you it's going it's going all right man uh, we've been 
digging into this whole IV situation, right? And you've been around the game for years now. And I and, and IVs have been used years ago, and it's probably still being used in other promotions, not in the UFC. But I've heard for many, many years now that since it was banned, people were still using IVs in the UFC. It was just they were never caught doing it. Now Dan throws a fire on Twitter. What do you think, man, of this whole situation? I remember when we used to do IVs and then they said we couldn't do IVs anymore. And they said, and I, my first question was, well, how are you going to know if I do an IV? And they said, cause we would all get, like I had a, a buddy who trained jujitsu with me, who was a doctor. And so he would meet us at like wherever we were going. He drove down to LA one time, like four hours to come and give us IVs. Um, so it was like, I don't know how they're going to know, but they had told us, oh, well, there's something in the plastic that they can test for. And so that was why they, that's how they could know. So I actually, uh, I didn't like the IVs personally. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I understand rehydrating and I get that that could be a helpful way to do it, but I just didn't, I didn't like it. So I did it, I think three or four times and then I stopped doing it because I just didn't like doing the IVs. It kind of made me feel sluggish. I don't know why, but um, I don't know if they told us that it was it was just like a wise tale that it's just a scare us from doing it, or if they actually test for some sort of plastic detection in your bloodstream. I don't know. I stopped doing it, and that was the end of it for me. And I haven't thought about it much since. So the claim is that he did an IV after the weigh-ins, and how does he, how does Dan Hooker know this? I don't know. That's that's the thing. That's the whole argument now is like, where's the proof? You know what I mean? If you're going to make the accusation. This? He must have some proof, right? He must have something there. Like, because he says he hired a nurse. So he, maybe he knows a nurse, the nurse that was hired to give the IV. That's, you see, there's so much up to speculation now. You know what I mean? Like he throws, he creates this fire and, um, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not accusing Islam of anything, you know what I mean? Because that would just be stupid for me to do that. Because uh, that, you know, I don't want to accuse fighters of anything. But there has been rumors. People have seen fighters use IVs. And I've heard these rumors. Well, yeah, I've heard these rumors as well in the past. And now he's just bringing it out to the forefront. Um, I believe jo Jose Aldo was suspended for using an IV. Was he? I don't remember him. That would... Yeah, I don't remember hearing that either, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you never hear about chat. guys. You never hear about guys really getting in trouble for using IVs. Like I don't ever remember a story where like this guy got a slap on the wrist from a state athletic commission or SADA or something for using an IV. Cody, I I got it just hasn't been enforced. Well, that was a, that's kind of going along the question I want to ask you, you know, so you said you used it and you didn't like the way it made you feel right now. Let's let's say, obviously, when you fight somebody who who pop for PEDs, you're like, man, fuck you. You're on like you're cheating right now. This obviously is cheating. But it, like you said, it's it's kind of an area where a lot of people I mean, it's kind of understood that a lot of people do it. You as a fighter, do you feel cheated? If somebody was hydrating this way and you didn't, do you feel that same kind of cheating aspect as PDs? 
I mean, it doesn't seem like it's as impactful as PD, PEDs could be. Um, I, if they changed the rule today and said we could use IVs, I don't think I would use IVs still. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you want it to be an even playing field, you know? Whatever the rules are, everybody should follow those rules. If, if you disagree with the rules, then you know, go, go talk to Den Thomas. He's, what's he's like our representative now or something or what? <laughs> fight advocate right yeah i mean yeah perfectly right if people got to speak up in mass if there's a big problem and people want to address it so well i but thank I, you for I, asking I would, the question i yeah to go on that like if someone i found out was using an iv it, it to me it wouldn't feel the same if someone was using like a, a ped that was like really helped them through their camp you know um they're just significant i'm gonna rehydrate without an IV. They say you can rehydrate better with an IV. I just didn't personally like the way it made me, made me feel. So I don't know, but yeah, I, I think for Dan Hooker, you better have some proof. That's pretty hefty uh, accusation. It is. It is, man. Um, I'm going to put this on the screen right here. It, this is an article from 2015 from low kick MMA. And it says here, um, it wasn't long ago that UFC featherweight champion Joel stated publicly that he would completely disregard the newly brought in IV a rehydration bed. <laughs> Jose Aldo was just out there just saying like, "Fuck everybody, I'm still using." It says right here, "This is his comment. I will continue to do IV. I don't care. I tell them I'm going to eat and do it instead." Uh, Aldo said at a press conference, "They won't take me out of the fucking fight, so I don't care. They can say whatever they want, but it's scientifically proved the best way to rehydrate." Well, and then uh, it says in later in the article that they were going to give um, two year. It says even if there is a, wasn't a definitive test now, there could be a two to three years from now. Um, but he said they were going to give fighters uh, two year suspensions if they were used. Uh, so Jose Aldo was just he never got a, uh, caught with IVs. It's just he said that he was just going to continue using IVs. So let's let's just make that clear uh, on this article. Um, this is the this is the thing. Yeah, I've heard the same thing, Cody, that in the IV, like there's plastic and that they were testing for the plastic. Right. And that's how they were going to catch people with the test. But from what I heard is they don't even test it for the plastic. This is just what I heard. They don't even test for the plastic anymore. So like they're not even testing for IVs. So I'm pretty sure once uh, fighters maybe got a, got a word of that. They started using IVs again. I don't know, right? We don't know for sure. But yes, if you're accusing somebody of IV use, you definitely do have to uh, have some proof. And and uh, from knowing Dan, I think he might have proof because like, he, I don't think he would just go out there and accuse somebody of things like that. I've never seen him accuse anybody of anything unless he, he knew for sure. Uh, I don't think he's ever accused anybody of anything anyways. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, man. We got to sit back and, and wait. Um Let's uh let's move on to the co-main event, man. We spent like an hour on that main event just because of the Ivy. Like this story is just taking over. Uh, um, but the consequences, if if it is true, is it's pretty crazy, man. What can happen uh, to to uh, to Islam if it is true? Uh, Josh Emmett, Yair Rodriguez, Cody. I know you're close to Josh. You know, what I mean, this was his shot. Um, it was a man. It was a crazy fight you know how you know how long it lasted what'd you think of uh that whole situation what'd you think of just um just the stylistic matchup heading into the fight and, and seeing that happen 
I think I was surprised that, I mean, we know what Josh is going to do when he gets in there. You know, he's going to throw heavy shots, heavy right hand hooks and left hooks and dip in and, and go for it. Um, but I was surprised that if you watch, think about the uh, Calvin Cater and uh, Giga fight. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's fighting this explosive kicker. And so he just took him out of kick range for most of the fight and forced him into boxing range with pressure and volume. And he tired him. He got him tired. And, you know, he ended up dominating the fight more or less. I thought that would be more of a tactic for Josh is to take him out of kick range by crowding him, forcing him to throw hands, seeing you know, pretty much just hands with you for the most part, as much as you can to keep pressure. But the problem is that Josh is an ex he's a fast twitch muscle explosion kind of fighter. And usually like a, almost like a Michael Chandler, right? They come from the outside. They do a big explosive movement forward, dip in their head or whatever they're doing. And then they throw their combination so it's like an in and out, in and out. You know what I mean? And with the guy like Yair, he just needs that kicking range. Mm -hmm. And he's going to throw those those liver kicks. Whether you block him with your forearm or you don't, you're going to get hurt either way. And it was pretty apparent to me pretty early that that liver kick was going to be a problem all night. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel for Josh. Josh. Me and Josh wrestled together in college. We're good friends. He took me out for my 21st birthday in San Francisco. I'll never forget that. <laughs> um, and he didn't get into the sport until he, he's, I started fighting in college. Like in the summertime, I would fight one time, then I'd go back and wrestle and go to school and come back and do it again the next summer. And he would come to my fights before he ever got an MMA just with my buddies and drink and have fun. And uh, to see that, what he's got, he's gone through a lot, man. He's gone through a lot and injuries, personal stuff. And he's just so he's, he's inspired me just his perseverance. So it was tough to see him fall, but, um, yeah, yeah. You're a show that, man, he's, I think, I think Volk beats him, but he presents challenges that I don't know if people were thinking about as much before. Uh, I mean, that was a dominating performance more or less, you know, man, Josh, oh, before we get into Yair, Josh, man, he is one of the one of the nicest dudes you ever meet in the sport. And like you said, man, he's he's accomplished a lot, right, in such a short period of time. And and he's not a young buck either, man. He's 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 in his late thirties right now. So, you know, like, and then the UFC, I'm gonna be out there and tell you the truth. The UFC fucked him up, fucked him off a little bit. You know what I mean? Like they screwed him around a little bit. He should have got a title shot a long time ago. You know what I mean? Not like they kind of dragged him along so to say, you know what I mean? Cause they kind of had their own, you know, and you know what the USC does. They kind of had their own little narrative that they want to play out, but he did get a shot. You know, Yair just was, just was, he was prepared, man. He was prepared and uh, he went in there and executed perfectly what he needed to do. Yeah, man, those kicks, dude, like people talk about Giga being the best kicker. I don't know about that. Yair, man, he's, he's turned into a, a fucking tornado, dude. Like he just goes dude. in there with both legs. Right, J-Spec? What do you got? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I had the TV down, like, turned down. Obviously, we were doing the spaces. So I'm listening to other stuff, and I could hear them still. Like, it was, man, I I don't know anything what that's like to have to deal with those kind of kicks. But, oh, my God, like, they were, they were audibly terrifying. Yeah, 
And whenever I see somebody that kicks that hard, I always think like, what are the micro fractures that are happening in his leg when every time he lands those types of kicks, you know what I mean? Because imagine just kicking that hard and hitting an elbow and how hard, you know, like what kind of damage, you know, the elbow. Cody, give me a, some uh, insight on that. Like how tough is the elbow compared to like, let's say a knee or a, uh, a, 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 a leg or whatever. I mean, it's, obviously a stronger bone but mm -hmm. i've eaten kicks to the to the like the forearm like you're trying to block a low kick like a mid-body kick mm -hmm. he's going high low and you're trying to make sure you don't guess wrong yeah. and man the forearm will be killer too man like it, it could impact the, the the speed at which you could throw a punch the power of which you could throw a punch and i think it, i whenever i like spar with a southpaw and they don't utilize the liver kick constantly i always especially if it's like a young guy and I talk to him afterwards and they try to get advice. I'm always like, Hey man, you have, you have a huge advantage being Southpaw because you could throw liver kicks all day. I can kick you on the right with my right leg in the body square as hard as I can. I'm not saying it won't hurt. And I'm not saying I can't, if you obviously you broke a rib or something, I could finish a fight that way. But the likelihood of me finishing you with a body kick with my right leg is not as, not even in the same ballpark as if with you on the liver side. So I always tell kids, the younger fighters like that are southpaw, like, hey man, you gotta, if you don't have it down yet, like how to set up your liver kick, you need that needs to be a focus because I hate, I mean that's why I hate fighting southpaws because that's like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody likes that shit, huh? <laughs> but uh, I think Yair just just watching his last couple performances and 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 watching that fight that we saw him win the title, I think this will be the toughest test for. For Volkanovski, you know what I mean. I think if Volkanovski, like Volkanovski, has an underrated ground and pound. If Volkanovski can go in there, utilize his wrestling, we we've seen now that he can wrestle at a high level, right? Like there's no question now, right? He can defend. He could probably take down Yair. Um, and if he gets down there and he gets him into that guard, he gets inside that guard and he just wails on him like he did to Ortega, like he did to you know Islam in that fifth round. He was fucking Islam up in that fifth round at the end of the fight. He could do the exact same thing because who did that to Yair? Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar. Exactly. Frankie Edgar was dominant in that way. I think I think Volkanovski can do that to Yair. But if they stay standing, Yair, like you said, those kicks, man. And we've seen um we've seen uh Volkanovski eat kicks before. Like he even ate like some kicks from from Islam. And we don't really see Islam go for head kicks, but uh he did in this fight and, and he ate some. It's a fun fight, man. I want to see Yair versus Volkanovski, right? As much as you know, the the Islam and and the Volkanovski fight was was close and it was competitive and and uh, and it was a beautiful fight to watch. And I, and I would love to see a rematch. I think the fight that they need to do is Yair and uh, and Volkanovski next, and let Islam defend the title against a lightweight like like Benil. Um, what do you think should be next for like uh, for uh, Mahachev? Do you like him to uh, go defend the title against a lightweight, or do you feel like they should do a rematch? That that just be would be fun. I'm um, I'm kind of under the opinion that all this like double champ moving up stuff. It just I mean I know it's exciting for fans and stuff, but at the end of the day, like you got to think about the guys that are in line in your weight class, and like mm -hmm. when you go do something like that, like it takes away that opportunity from those guys that have earned it, you know. Um, so I, I prefer that they stay at their weight classes. If they both 
continue to clear out their weight classes and there's not really any viable contenders other than rematches, then that'd probably be a good time to do uh, do a second one. But, yeah, I'd like to see Darius deserves a shot. You know, there's 45-pounders lined up that are, you know, there's there's guys for them to fight. There's there's lots of names out there still. So, I don't know. I'd like to see them just fighting, fighting in their weight class again personally, but I don't make these decisions, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we just have opinions. They're like assholes, right? We we all have them. Um, <laughs> the only ones that matter is uh, it seems like the only one that matters is Hunter. Like Hunter's the man behind the machine now. You know, what I mean, a lot of people, I think they starting to realize that. Um, yeah, it's it, hey, whenever that fight does happen, Yair versus Falk, it's going to be an incredible fight. Just phenomenal. I think it's just another one of those like high level, extremely high level. All, I think both those guys are very well-rounded. You know what I mean? They are strikers, but Yair is well-rounded. He showed you, he can submit people off his back. You know what I mean? Like he could come back and knock you out with one second left after losing the whole fight. Like he's that type of guy. That's the, to me, that's the greatest knockout in UFC history. Could you name a better knockout? Like a knockout that will never most likely be replicated ever again. It's one of the best for sure. You're talking about the up elbow? Yeah. Repli how would you replicate that? Like, who could replicate that type of. You're muscle? telling me you haven't, after you saw it, you didn't try it in the gym? Everybody tried it. But, well, but, but can you do it? But actually, to do it is like never yeah. going to happen. Yeah. No, I'll do that too. If I like throw a right hand and I'm going low, I'll come up with that elbow. Like, okay, I gotta, I gotta try this out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if it does happen again, man, it did. You know, I mean, it's it's hard to do it like he did, where he was basically losing the fight, and then one second left, he lured the zombie because the zombie could have just danced around for the last ten seconds and won the fight, but he lured him into coming forward and just like wailing punches, and then Yair was just like, Whoop. man, that was incredible. Yair is an incredible talent, man. Um. You know what's crazy Jack. about that fight? Sorry, yeah. just to cap out, is the moment Yair wins, fans, as we're watching it live, they they immediately get torn up. They go, well, I don't know how I feel about Volkanovski winning now because I want him to just stay in the weight class and, and fight this fight. So before the main event even happens, we have fans already clamoring for Volkanovski and, you know, Rodriguez. So, yeah. yeah. Who else at 145s? Is there for Volk right now? Who's who's got another? I'm I'm trying to think. Arnold Allen. He's fighting Holloway. So if he beats Holloway, then they would push for him to get another a title shot as well. Well, you got to give it to the interim champ, though, right? Oh, of course, of course, of course. There's without a doubt, Yair gets that fight. You know, what I mean, they have to unify the title, man. Um, unless unless Volk says, I'm gonna leave the featherweight division i think there's much better fights for me at lightweight bigger money because i think that's what volk wants to do is he wants to chase money and he wants to chase accomplishments as well and if he he, he already had the featherweight title you know what i mean why not maybe just let that go and say okay i'll fight a, a lightweight contender beat that guy and earn a title shot at lightweight again against whoever's this champion because it doesn't really matter right i think i think that could be a possible path as well for volkanovsky because he's gained the weight that he needs and he's shown that he could compete with one of the best in the world at lightweight. Why not? But doesn't it add something to it when he's the, they're both champs? Yeah, but I don't think that they're going to entertain that again. To be no. honest, I don't think so. 
it's hard to it's hard to like justify that a second time when you did lose who did they give another shot to after they lost like after they went up and challenged for the title izzy tried it and lost yeah who other who are the other double champs i'm not going to count amanda nunez (laughs) because there's no division there's no division Suhudo, Suhudo did the double champ thing. But then he left. Um, and then he left, yeah, which was, I don't when know. Connor was 45s and 55s, what, was, what he happened? Left. He, he left, left as a double yeah, he, champ? Yeah, yeah, he never defended either, though. Yeah, he never defended either belt. <laughs> and then DC was a double champ, right? Yeah, but yeah. But he, he actually defended. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he, he's the only but, one to actually defend. Yeah, but he didn't lose the the fight though when he went up he actually won the fight right he won he beat stipe and became double champ and then he lost the belt after that historically i don't think anybody went for the double champ lost and and has ever even had a second chance at it exactly i don't don't think that's ever even been an opportunity for that to happen yeah it's just sometimes the fight game is so volatile that uh it's hard to like line that up again perfectly. This one just lined up perfectly, right? Number one, number two, pound for pound. You know, he was going to be the backup. You know, the storyline played really well into, and it was in Australia, all of that good stuff. But it's going to be hard, man. So I think this could be a possibility. I don't know for sure, but maybe Volk was just saying, like, I'm staying at lightweight, and I'm going to go chase after the the big money. Because you know who's at lightweight that's big money is Connor as well, and that's the big money, right? So. And he wants the biggest fights. But Yair, if, if he goes back, Yair, of course, without a doubt. Now, um, another there's a couple other like fights or fighters that I wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, Cody. Uh, Jack Della, man. It, is, he, is he the truth? Like, this man can fight. He, his boxing is really impressive. Um, I still think there's a lot of questions surrounding him, right? We haven't seen him with like a really good wrestler that's going to go in there and take him down, put him in there with a Dagestani and see what happens, you know. <laughs> um, but that was what was weird about his fight with uh, who do you, what's the guy's name he fought again? Uh, Randy Brown. Randy Brown. I actually thought Randy Brown started the fight really well. Mm-hmm. Like he looked like he, the, using that kind of, he almost has like that John Jones like advantage with his range, you know. And it looked like he was kind of finding his mark a little bit. And then, like, he, like, tripped on the canvas. And then the next thing you know, he was getting his ass kicked. Yeah. That's kind of what I saw. Well, he got clipped with the left. He got clipped with the, the right hook when he was escaping out. And uh, then he got clipped on the chin. And it looked like he slipped at the same time. And then Jack Della kind of pounced and, and hit him a couple of times and, and then locked in that choke real fast and, and got that rear naked choke. But, uh. But the thing about Randy Brown is that he likes to put his hands down too, in my opinion, too much. And especially against a guy like Jack Della, who has that smooth boxing and he's not afraid to like go in there and into the fire and, and, and try to pick his shots where he, where he can. It was, it was a dangerous fight, but Randy Brown did look good and he's, and he's looked better every single fight, but you know, every coach tells you, man, get, keep your heads up, keep your damn heads up all the time and uh he gets a little too showboaty sometimes and and that that didn't work out for him in this one but uh i love randy brown man i've man the thing is like interviewing fighters and following fighters throughout the years you get to see like them develop inside the octagon and basically randy brown has grown up in the octagon like he got signed with not many fights 
looking for a fight. Look at the other guys that were signed looking for a fight in that first season. Sage Northcutt, who doesn't even fight anymore. Well, he might. And then you got um, what was his name? Uh, the guy that CM, the guy that CM Punk lost to, uh, Mickey Gall. He's not in Gall, the UFC yeah. anymore, right? Like Randy Brown has developed into like a basically a top fifteen fighter in the world in front of our eyes, and I've gotten to like have the privilege to interview him throughout his whole career and see that happen. But I'm gonna be realistic, man. He just puts his hands out too much. And we've seen that. There's proof in that, and uh, and that's why I thought it would be kind of like his downfall in this fight. Um, but it wasn't really his downfall, but he did have his hands down low. Uh, but Jack Della, man, also another guy that I've known since like the regional days when he fought in the regional scene. I didn't expect him to come into the UFC and do the, like this, to be honest with you. I didn't expect that to be happening uh, with Jack Della. But yeah, I mean, I think he's a special talent. But like you said, there's a few fights out there that uh, that could be interesting, right? With stylistically. But I... But I believe the UFC is going to give him like fighter. I think they're going to give him someone like Vincente Luque or, you know, like that style. Someone that can like really be entertaining while, you know, taking some risks. Um, who do you who do you like in that welterweight division? I don't think they'll. Shavkat is a hard one. Shavkat is, I think that's another guy in that welterweight division. He's like a boogeyman as well. Because he, man, the guy, I think has a 100% finishing rate undefeated. It's insane, dude. Like that talent but uh he has a fight lined up soon right yeah yeah i believe so yeah who is he fighting neil oh yeah jeff neil that'll be uh we'll see if the guy's for real if he goes out and thrashes jeff neil yeah that's how what happened uh neil magny recently who'd he fight oh burns burns submitted him oh yeah 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 shopcott did the same as well oh then he's i thought he's fighting neil no, Jeff Neal, Neil Magny. He Shavkat submitted uh, Neil Magny already. Oh, okay. Neil Magny. Now he's fighting Jeff Neal, who's uh, more of a striker from uh, Fortis. He trains out at Fortis MMA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that welterweight division is heating up, man. I like I like some of the guys that are coming up in there, um, you think, especially Shavkat. You think Kamzat's gone? It's hard to say, man. It's it's hard to say, like. You know, like whenever fighters say like nobody wants to fight me, it's hard to believe that, to be honest with you, because the UFC forces guys to fight other guys a lot of the times, right? Like they don't give you a choice. As a fan, we never believe that one. Like that one's like a mm, what? Nobody is there truth to that, Cody? Like nobody wants to fight a certain guy. I mean, I think the higher when you get up to the like the top guys in the rankings, mm-hmm. you might run into more of that. Like, no, that's not what I want to do. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the, the, the leverage is definitely still on the UFC side. So I don't know. I've never been in like a Conor McGregor shoes where on the negotiation table, I'm always like in, in the guy's shoes who has no leverage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next week. Why not? You know? Well, well, the thing is, is like, it's less than 1% of fighters that are in Conor McGregor's shoes right like where you have the leverage so, so i don't the know question how. is like do ranked guys have leverage when the ufc comes at them with a matchup i think there's like to a certain degree right but they still kind of use the same formula because this is the formula i heard right they come to you with the first offer like you want to fight this guy we have this guy for you on this date and then if you turn that down 
the second one they come with, if you turn that one down, then they're not going to come back with you with a with an offer for a while, right? Until like they rotate through everybody. And then that could be months and months and months. And that's why you see some guys sit out for like six, nine months, even though they're ready to fight because they did turn out in a fight or they weren't ready the first round. And then the second fight or they the first fight, they wanted it. But then the other guy didn't want or, you know, like there's so much. It bl- I, I could only imagine being a matchmaker, man, because it doesn't sound fun. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun. People are like, I want to be a matchmaker. I think I'll be a good matchmaker. Bullshit, yeah. you want that. Yeah. That's one of the worst jobs in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No one's going to be happy with your choices. Every time you book a match, someone's like, he should fight so-and-so. And then good luck, yeah. like you said, logistics and all that. Uh, no way. Yeah, it's 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 a wild – that's a wild job right there. Um, But, yeah, Jack Della, he's going to get a good fight, I think. He has good management as well. Um, But I don't think he holds, like, any major power. But they're going to try to throw him some, some animal. Um. Justin Taffa, what you think about that fight? That one was just, you knew someone was getting knocked out in that one, right? It was just like you saw it for the first first 30 seconds. It looked like uh, remnants of Mark Hunt, you know? Yeah, definitely. Man. Heavyweight MMA, though, it's my favorite. Is, it, people is always, it really your favorite, or is that a joke? It's my, if the first round of heavyweight MMA is my favorite MMA. If it's a three, if you tell me it's a heavyweight fight and it goes the distance, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I think the fans agree with you, man. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. What, before we uh, go out, you know, I mean, we do usually do like ninety minutes. Um, we have about five minutes left. I wanted to get your uh, thoughts on this. Is a uh, point deductions right in that first fight of the pay per view in the third round? The referee took a point from. Alonzo Menafield for grabbing the fence, right? And we see a lot of fi- referees give warnings after warnings after warnings, right? And not never take a point. Like, should point deductions be more prevalent in fighting? Like, they because sh- should warnings? Should you even get warnings? Because the you're a professional fighter, right? Like, you should know what to do and what not to do, especially with penalties, right? Like, what do you think with that such that whole point deduction thing? I think. Uh... With groin shots, you should get a warning. Mm-hmm. Like they shouldn't, oh, I accidentally, I didn't mean to do it. He was moving. Things are happening so fast, you can't always control where the guy moves or where your shot lands. Um, so, I mean, if you if you screwed up and he got hit in the, in the groin and then you do it again, at that point, I think, okay, well, we got to take a point now. Eye pokes, I feel like if they've warned you about your hand placement, about where you're putting your hands – continually throughout the fight and you continue to do that and then the guy gets poked i'm cool as him just taking a point at that point because they've warned you several if they haven't warned you at all and they haven't said one word to you about where you're putting your hands and then you accidentally poke a guy who's coming in in the eyes maybe a warning i feel like you you should be uh, at least get that warning from the official uh in the fight you know like, hey you can close those hands and then if you continue to do it mm-hmm. but for me fence grabs I think every time a guy grabs a fence, you take a point. I, I think you'll see a whole lot less fence grabbing. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like that one's a deliberate. I mean, I know if you're like heading backwards and you might be reaching, but I don't know more often than not, it seems like a pretty deliberate way to not get taken down. And <laughs> we've seen it all the time, man. We've seen guys grab the fence and the referee I'll, do nothing about it. Did you ever see, did you ever see the old Arlovsky fight where he grabbed it? 
through he was on bottom like <laughs> he grabs the fence on this side he pulls himself up over arm bars the guy like but it was like clear that the cage grab gave him the leverage and the pull out to jump over like that to hit the arm bar yeah it was beautiful <laughs> beautiful I'm, I'm gonna go find that fight i want to go see that now yeah, yeah. Um, yeah hold on you going back to the eye poke thing that you mentioned yeah you do see refs now you could hear them clearly during the fights tell guys to like watch your fingers don't extend your fingers that is definitely a warning to the fighter to and if that fighter does go in there and and continue doing that and then pokes the other guy in the eye yeah i i completely agree they should take a point um should they take a point or should they take a half point because it seems like if you take a point that just leads to like a draw but if you take a half point the guy could still win if he won like let's say the first two rounds does that seem fair does that seem logical He's, so if they take a full point, he has to win two rounds to get a draw. Yeah, if he if he wins the the last round, right? But if they take a half point, he has to he, win two rounds to to get a win. Yeah. So like, let's say like so let's say he won the first two rounds in the final round, they took a point from you, and and the other guy won the round, then it's a draw, right? Because it's basically what 20, 28, 28, 28, 28 yeah, twenty eight, twenty eight, right? But if you let's say you won the first two rounds and then you grab the fence in the third round and he won the round, right? It only it gives him a point and a half, right? So you still won the fight because you won the first two rounds. Unless you got two two point unless you got two penalties in the in the third round. Cause I think someone should win the fight, right? The it's hard to say the fight should be a draw. And then it goes back to the fighter pay as well. Like if you don't win, you don't get your win bonus which fucking sucks, right? Even though you probably won the fight because you won the first two rounds, but because of the point deduction in the third round, you get a draw and nobody gets a win bonus. You know what I mean? Like, it leads into a lot of shit. It leads into a lot of shit, right? Like, when you start to get points and results determine how much you get paid. You know what I mean? Like, to me, it's like, fighters should just pay the flat fee. Like, why are they getting win bonuses? I want to turn this a little bit back to just a moment ago when Cody said, hey, if he's getting warned about the fingers. All right. So obviously, you know, you've been there, done that, man. You've probably been poked in the eye more than you want to. Um, so would you would you rather have a point, like you said, getting immediately taken for the fence grabbing because it's kind of universal, like no knowledge at this point not to do that? Or have, you know, your eyes protected more because as fans – We've been just saying the only way to protect you guys from the eye poke situation is just start chopping points right away. So I just thought it was interesting when you're like, well, give them a warning for the eye poke thing at first because, you know, you're in, the, you're in there doing it. So if, well, if we more like in that you're, you're in the middle of the fight, you haven't poked them in the eyes, but the way you're holding your hand, they always tell you to have your fingers up, right? Yeah, yeah. Your fingers start going this way. The guy runs into your eyes more, more often than not, they you poke them in the eyes. But so if in the fight you're sticking your hand out a little bit and the referee warns you proactively, like like preemptively, I mean, like before you've actually poked them, hey, put those hands, close those hands or lift those fingers or something. They give you some sort of uh, verbal warning. Then you do it or you continue to use your hands that way. Now and you accidentally poke them, then it should just be a point. I don't mean that you accidentally poke them in the eye and they give you a warning and it takes two of those to, you know what I mean? Gotcha, yeah, gotcha, I, gotcha. I see what you're saying. But, Cody, also, before you guys go out and fight, 
the referee comes back and talks to you about the rules, right? To each yeah, individual fighter. Rule meeting where they will go over, you know, things. What it's pretty standard stuff. Yeah. But usually, sometimes there'll be somebody that has a question about this or that. Uh, I know when all the when we used to have all the controversy over a downed opponent, you know, um, th- that was always a question people would ask is like, what is a downed opponent now? When can I knee him in the head? When I can, I can't. Um, I just hate thin scraps because I just think it's deliberate nine times out of 10. Respect. Yeah, man. I t- there's a lot of like, it seems like commissions, they, they really don't want to make changes at all. And we do need some changes, man. We need changes to the rules. We need changes to, like, points. We need changes to judging. Well, not even changes to the judging. The people who are judging, we need a few changes to that. Um, but, yeah, it just seems like the commissions don't give a fuck about it, And which I think a lot of fans that are really invested in the sport, they're angry. And I think, yeah, a lot of fighters, of course, you know what I mean? They, you know, that's their livelihood. They're probably really... uh. I don't know. They they're they're kind of like tired of it because you know like a lot of I've seen I've been in the rule like in the meetings for the rules, and half the time I'm I'm gonna say this for real like half the time people are not even paying attention to it like what's going on. <laughs> it's gonna take the saying. UFC putting pressure on the commissions though. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, like they care about the UFC coming to their state. And so they, it's the U, and so the fans have to put pressure on the UFC to put pressure on the commission. It's almost like a, you know, chain of command there because the commissions themselves, yeah, they don't seem too proactive or uh, motivated to do a whole lot of changes to the sport. Yeah. Seriously, well, Cody, man, I appreciate you hopping on, man. Um, yeah, without any you. warning, man, it's always good to speak with you. Just, hey, what's going on with you, man? Just tell us, just give us an update of, of what's happening with you and and what's next can't give you any updates oh so secrets i can't say anything so you'll see me soon all right that's a that's good news then right that's good news then all right all right well we'll be waiting man we'll 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 definitely have to hop on for an interview after we we see something see something happen hey once i schedule once i uh don't have 47 things on my schedule (laughs) I always tell you, I'm going to write, I'm going to write, I'm going to send you an article. <laughs> my life. Then I realize like how busy I always am. And I'm just like, what the fuck did I say that? I can't do it. I don't have it's time. all good. It's all good, man. It's all good. No worries, man. Um, But everybody on the live, thank you guys so much for uh, joining in. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday night for another pick show. Um, Yeah, man. Make sure you guys go in the descriptions and download the all-star app. Hit that subscribe, that like, and uh, comment if you're re-watching the show. And give us your opinions. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you guys in a few days.